0: Hey, you guys want to watch me loot his room on Cam?
1: Yeah, there's some valuable stuff in there, I would assume. If you're a nerd.
0: Damn. (laughs) Nerds. You guys let me share his credit card info on Cam? No. No.
1: Oh,
2: it's expired. Did they send me a new one
1: already?
2: Oh, no. I'm gonna go through his
0: trash on Cam.
1: (laughs) Going through his trash live.
2: You might see the bloodstains.
1: Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and joining me tonight is...
3: Jason.
2: I am Ben Young.
0: And Kyle Holmes is here again, for
1: some reason. Kyle Holmes is back, and today we're kind of going to do a part two to what we initially started uh, like a month ago, and that is... uh... (laughs) The podcast's big uh, take on what is the Mass Effect franchise. The reason we kind of jumped into this uh, the first time was because uh, Bioware recently re-released this uh, legendary edition of the Mass Effect original trilogy. Um, We're all loved to uh, return to that universe and we started playing it again. Some of us have finished it. Some of us have... uh, Probably started over a playthrough multiple times, um, and some of us just wouldn't even touch it again. But uh, yeah, so today this is going to be our kind of part two episode where we're going to uh, hopefully talk a little bit more about the sci fi aspects of uh, the game, also the franchise, and probably (laughs) circle back around to just talking about Mass Effect 3's ending again. So uh, that's basically all uh we're gonna do today so boys we kind of didn't really talk about it much last time but uh, some of the more sci-fi elements uh, of mass effect what do you guys think what to you was probably some of the stronger uh, moments in the game in terms of sci-fi not just good story or anything like that good gameplay jason so
3: interesting you would ask that question colin it's almost like we're on a sci-fi podcast or something like that. <laughs> um, no, honestly, one of the the big things that I always really enjoyed about Mass Effect is just kind of um, I always like the creativity behind anything that tries to come to terms with space travel and um, you know how that would work and how it would you know realistically be feasible. And I'm no physicist by any means, so I'm not going to try to get into that. Um, Aspect of it too heavily because I don't want to sound like an idiot. But I know that um, just with physical laws and natural laws, obviously you start running into some limitations in terms of, you know, how fast can we travel? Uh, where can we go? What does the time frame look like? Uh, s- some stuff that kind of would come into play in later iterations, like uh, Andromeda, we start talking about, um, or even. I think we talked about it, uh, in the recent past here with the cast, um, generation ships and that type of thing, you know, that's always been like something that has been used as kind of a, um, get out of jail free card for faster than light travel. So it's always interesting to me, um, especially like space-based science fiction, um, how the creatives or the writers try to come up with novel solutions to that. And I thought the mass relay system was just a really interesting way to kind of, explain that and explain how it could be possible not necessarily even getting into the implications of you know the technology kind of being left there uh, quote unquote for mankind and other alien civiliz- civilizations excuse me to find but just the fact that um you know I-, I thought it was a really novel solution to kind of say well hey you know fast and light travel um, obviously a lot of problems there as we said but here's kind of a way if you're slingshotting around the solar system or you know the galaxy whatever here's a way it could work and i thought it was done really well um, and kind of is the cornerstone of the lore
1: okay yeah. kyle
3: yeah
0: so um obviously it's uh, what, what do we call the space electricity and mass effect
1: right L- element zero. zero
0: or mass effect fields that or are generated Ezo. From, or Ezo, Ezo if we're cool um i kind of like the idea they keep talking about mass effect fields and all that fun stuff um without like getting too heavily into explaining the element itself they just say it just does this which i'm cool with right um but obviously they do a lot of really cool things with all the way down to the mass relays all the way down to like their guns being a block of nickel all the way down to how it um how it pretty much messes with your dna and all kinds of different crazy stuff how it can give you space magic powers like the force but we're not going to call it the force because it looks a lot cooler. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool taking something like that where it's so revolutionizing to every possible that it, it it's the only thing I compare it to is like um, going to the Middle Ages and just giving everyone electricity like immediately right off the bat. Here you go. Let's see what happens with it and the effect there. Would we call that the mass effect? Probably. Um, it's, it's it's just just a really cool concept on that, and they did a lot of really weird stuff on it. A lot of cool things, all the way down to what um, a toothbrush. I think they yes. explain about tooth uh, toothbrush using element zero to vibrate um, plaque off of your teeth. Is, or uh,
1: what was what was the red sand, um, which definitely has element <laughs> zero in there because people are able to manipulate yeah. mass effect fields whether they're just like fucking coked up on this red sand or whatever. Become a biotic was. god. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, did you over. push
1: him or do you? Uh, oh, shoot I pushed him? his ass. Yeah.
2: What do you you mean? You knock him over when he's like, I am a Biotic God. (sighs) Yeah. I always do that.
1: And then you just like gently push him and he falls down.
0: I'm pretty sure it is the Biotic I don't think I've ever done the Renegade one because I like that guy so much. That guy's just so cool. I think you hit him harder if you're a Renegade. Oh, I thought you just let him go. Like, all right, we'll follow you. Oh, probably. Yeah, that's it. Renegade option is he goes (laughs) in and dies right away. (laughs) I think I did it and I was like, oh no, I feel bad. I like that guy. It was so cool. (laughs) That's my God. My Biotic God. That's funny.
2: And I just wanted to say not even like like Jason brushed over the whole like the mass relays were left for us, but not just left for us. But, we you know, talking about sci-fi concepts of like these devices that are left for us to specifically plot our scientific progression and to make sure we stay on the path that is easiest for not just for us, but for the Reapers who will eventually come to harvest us like and the fact that no one questioned it i thought was i always think it's just a really funny thing to think about where it's just like the sorry are are the first to find them and they're like oh cool 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 and everyone starts finding them and i feel like oh yeah we found like the the turians showed up and they're like oh yeah we found those cool mass relays you built (laughs) it's like uh we didn't build them it's like no one didn't no one freaked out about that
3: (laughs) well no so this 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 the, is definitely. They benevolent. thought it was
2: Prothean. <laughs> well,
3: so the the
0: Reapers, um, the Reapers made it look like the Protheans did it, and, mm-hmm. and it's safe to assume whoever they, I can't remember what they're called, but the uh, the ones that like that are on Ilos, the statues of those were the Protheans to the Protheans. Yes. I can't remember what those things are called. Javic mentions them a couple times. Yes, yeah. like they like worship them pretty much. Like oh, the, they must be the ones who built the Citadel and the mass relays, right? Yes. So that's that's just kind of what that was. Um, is you- the assumption oh there was this crazy species and they just vanished wow so,
1: so if this cycle happened and like it ended and then a new cycle begins they would assume that the humans or the turians no would be a, more likely the asari <laughs> it's the uh, hanar hanar and alcor
2: the hanar <laughs> the, the hanar the, will be the new enkindlers
1: in all Basically. alcor cast of shakespeare
2: <laughs> um, oh man that reminds me, this is totally off topic, but that reminds me of a moment in Mass Effect 3 when you find an Elcor, and there's this point where it is like, oh man, I forget what the scene is, but it's, it's obvious something horrible has happened to its planet or something. And uh, it doesn't preempt its speech with an adjective to describe how it's feeling it just, you can hear, like, the despair in its monotone voice when it says it. And it is the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. Just this Alcor who is so sad, you can hear it in his voice. Like, I don't know if it gets much sadder than that. But I, 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 I forget. Do you remember where that is?
0: No, I'm, I just keep thinking in my head, the reluctantly and with great pride, we refer to as battle tanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, or whatever he says, I don't know. Which, by the way, I'm, I was furious again. Uh, I was furious the first time and I was furious the second time that they tease Elcor battle tanks and we did not get to see them once in this entire game. Yeah, series. they didn't
0: show a single Elcor battle tank. or I don't think you get to see any Asari speed. Like, come on.
2: <laughs> they got tentacles on them. We aren't ready for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the plot of the whole next game is they're just going to figure out a way to build the plot around that, Seen some Asari feet. Directed yes. by Quentin Tarantino. That's, yeah, that's I'm there, man. That's, got it pre-ordered. It's like God. the new thing that the counselors vote
0: on. All Asari have to be barefoot at all times.
2: <laughs> the Asari counselors is like, I don't agree to this. And they're like, alright, what maturity rules?
0: i seen some dumb memes about Asari <laughs> being barefoot at all times recently, so that's just in my head.
1: Uh,
0: don't ask where I've been, alright?
1: <laughs> so, um, what are the I was just gonna say, so one of the things that I really appreciated about the the franchise when it came to like more science fiction elements was even if it was complete bullshit, they still tried to explain things in the game. Where a lot of times they kind of just graze over this kind of stuff, and I'm a long term, long time uh, Star Trek fan, and Star Trek the science is. Kind of there, but it's a lot of bullshit that they made up. Just science words they throw in there, but at least they're trying. Whereas a lot of franchises don't even try that. Uh, so I've always kind of appreciated uh, Mass Effect for that reason. um It's not like Star Wars where it's like, yeah, metaphlorians. That's that's the force, and you know, <laughs> well, they still I don't think explain that, how hyperdrives work. It's just magic, space magic. It's the force. Yeah, I mean, idiot. it's it.
3: I think the the general conceit of the entire series obviously as uh kyle was talking about it kind of it, it's presupposed on all this stuff where it's like hey it exists so just kind of roll with it but then the cool thing is in that sort of framework that fake framework you know that the fiction framework right there as you said colin they're really dedicated to kind of trying to explain how all that stuff works in universe so it's weird that it tends towards like in some ways kind of like a hard sci-fi presentation, even though it's a fictional universe. So it's not like an ad Astra or something like that, where, you know, it's really getting in the nuts and bolts of something that really could happen, but it's saying, okay, take this high concept. You got to commit, believe in it. But within that, we're going to explain all the nuts and bolts stuff. And I think the, the codex was a huge part of that, um, which, you know, is just great explanations on not only planets, races, but also if you really get into it, like we said, uh, element zero, what it is, um, you know, in universe, uh, they explain, you know, Mass Effect drives and explaining the relays and, you know, just kind of all this sciency stuff, uh, which I definitely appreciated as well, because it, it's kind of that extra layer where if you want to find it, it's there, but it just makes the universe that richer in the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh man, when they explained Mass Effect 1, how the guns work, where isn't it just a ball of nickel in like a vacuum inside the gun? Or mm-hmm. something like that, and then it, they, it sh- just like it
0: shaves off, uh, shaves it off it as they, they needed the size to of a to, sand piece of sand.
1: Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love that. That's the nerdy shit. I think Bill would uh, definitely uh, agree if he was here tonight. That's that's the shit that people love about Mass Effect, or at least cool people like about Mass Effect.
0: When you have good writers, that's something that you could ultimately do. um I can't remember an example, but maybe I'm misremembering. This just kind of reminds me of. Um, Maybe I'm misremembering it, but didn't like Magneto like kill Jean Grey in a comic by like creating like an electromagnetic field around like her nervous system giving her a stroke or I can't remember what, what it was. I don't was know something. if it was Jean Grey, but that sounds There's, like something. There was, there was something done. like that. And it's just like, that's good writing. That's how you make it work. <laughs> and I guess it's like, hey, here's this magic space element. What can you do with it? And then you can, if you're good, you can do stuff like that. If you're Christopher Nolan, you just say, yeah, it's, you just go into people's dreams. It's a machine. So, you know, it's different methods, different approaches. Just depends how good of a writer you are. Yeah. And I like Christopher Nolan, by the way, but I'm just saying. Good. Um, oh, you said you do like him? I do like him. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Um, That's was like Guillermo del Toro with Pacific Rim, all right? Is that, you want me to go that route?
2: Look, like, good world building starts at the end, I think people got to realize. It's like, here is a gun. Well, how does this gun work in the future well we have these things that we've already created uh so how are we going to incorporate these things into that thing well there's clearly a small mass effect drive in the gun well that means it doesn't have bullets as we know them so what's it gonna do uh there was a there's a good scene in citadel dlc actually uh when you're going through the archives um you
0: find the avenger
2: Well, yeah and uh you find the avenger and then you find the hologram of the turians uh interrogating their first human that they capture and they're like oh look at this primitive weapon and they're like a bullet's a bullet (laughs) it's like it's this great scene and it's like oh my god we were taking on turians in the first contact war with bullets like not the weapons that we use now but with bullets and that's just that's just a cool thing to think about. <laughs> like I, yes. I really want to go back and see that more.
1: I still think they should make a movie based around that that war, but they never will. I
2: think they should
1: too. Um, alrighty. Um, oh, what do you want know to talk about next?
3: Uh, Jump straight I, to uh, the ending. <laughs> I had one thing. I, I guess I'll just interject here because Ben kind of touched on it a little bit. But it was always something I really appreciated about Mass Effect. So every time we've done like a a sci-fi horror, I know that like my go-to thing has always been that I really appreciate the trope of like the derelict thing or like the haunted house in space and, you know, our team or our, you know. Protagonists or whatever, whatever the story is, kind of stumble upon it, and then you know things start going wrong, and then I always like you know when they kind of find whatever it is that's you know kind of causing the issue, or they kind of do a lot of environmental storytelling in those films, um, you know, like the masterpiece of End Horizon, obviously. Um, but one of the things that I always thought was super super cool with Mass Effect, and I appreciated it then, but I've actually gone on to appreciate it more. The the threat of the Reapers, as we kind of learn more and more, I always thought was interesting because I know we touched on a little bit in the last cast, but just that kind of unknowable, cold, calculated like higher level logic that I feel like they operate on that we can't really know. It was interesting. Cause I never really put a and B together, but I was thinking about it in, in preparation for this. And it's kind of cool. It almost touches, it's still science fiction, obviously, but it kind of almost touches on kind of some like Lovecraftian tropes, like the fact that the Reapers are kind of coming from dark space and they're in the, in the space between. And I didn't even think like, you know, a lot of them have that kind of, um, you know, uh, tentacled sort of appearance or like they look like they're, you know, of that sort of um, of that sort of design, I guess, or whatever you want to say. And it's just kind of really cool because I feel like they they really were able to play with a lot of different elements, not only science fiction, but also in that case of fantasy or horror or whatever. Some of those just kind of it came from beyond type thing or it came from this other realm or the unknowable, you know, especially when we think about the that intergalactic space. I just always thought that was really kind of cool because right off the bat, it really highlights how unknowable they are. Before we even knew what their motives were, before we knew that they you know, created the, the relays or kind of set us on this evolutionary path to use their technology. Um, I just thought as villains, that's another thing that kind of made them really powerful and just really scary. So that's really cool about and i mentioned on the last one is you know they remind
0: me a lot of like the eldrazi you know they're all powerful all being and they're just consuming there is no reason there there's nothing there's no they do not respect you and you have no reason to really try to reason with them it's just there it's a force it's a variable they're alien to the aliens right and it's it's just incredible on that level but when you play through the leviathan dlc it's just like oh Someone left the Roomba on and it's just <laughs> going into another room now. Okay. And and it's interesting on that. obviously they're a lot more complex than that, especially when we learn the origin of the first Reaper. You learn about or the birth of the Reaper, and then you learn about how they continue to create a new Reaper every cycle. So it's it does add a little bit of content to that, um, to that mysterious aspect of like, what are these? These are unknown. But at the same time, they did it in such a great way where it's like. That's just the right amount of information, where this is still almost like a cosmic or mystical level godlike enemy, but still done so in a way where we can give you a little bit of information that they're no longer just a very basic variable. And not to get too much on the on the Leviathan creatures, but um, even them themselves are the closest thing to a god at and um, within the Mass Effect world.
2: Yeah, uh, and I, I do want to say that like they they do there is a reason to what they do. Uh, as you kind of learn as you go, but they they cannot be reasoned with if that's what you meant. Because, uh, obviously, they will perform to their function. Their function is to... Preserve uh, life. Preserve life. Like, it's really just kind of this ironically uh, backwards idea of preserving life uh, through the harvesting of organic species through... Uh, the creation of reapers so i don't know if they ever planned to also create like an asari reaper as well and was humanity just the only one getting the privilege because because yeah. a shepherd basically
0: because of shepherd, Be- because of shepherd they, were, they were the only one so they create one at the end of each at the end of each harvest which makes you wonder is it ceremonial in a sense in the same way in mass effect bit. one where you're like there's never been geth that have ever done anything religious when you find them on theros and they're praying to that orb um, In the same way, it's like, all right, are the Reapers doing some kind of weird ceremony whenever they create it? Do they do it as a form of documenting a
2: cycle? What is the story on that? It feels almost like a form of, like, honoring the best species in the Reaper's mind, at the very least. So, Out of all uh, of them, Shepard created the greatest threat, well, so, therefore. If,
0: okay, so if you use that logic, then, um, without saying everything evolves to Crab at a certain point, um, why do they all look like that? Where's the Prothean one? Maybe the Prothean-looking Reaper was somewhere else. Um, the Prothean Reapers, by the way, were the collectors, as we as we know. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't I honestly don't think it was that. I think they even talk about that uh, in two, that they mention that you've really got their attention. They're, everything is perceiving humanity completely different than anyone else. No cycle has ever gone this far. We 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 will join the fight, right? That's what Leviathan of Dis says, and they actually jump in. You know, no one's ever made it this far into a cycle as what the catalyst says. They they talk about how there's been strides that are so much further and this cycle really is different. And that's the point of the game. That's the point of the saga and everything. They say this, this cycle is different. So I think that it could just be that. It's like, hey, there's something going on here. They have our attention. I don't know what's going on with these guys, why they're so resilient, why they are so capable, why they are so powerful. There's something up. Let's use their DNA to create the next Reaper. It might, it, it could just be just that. I like that.
1: Um, I was going to kind of say, I, I appreciate the philosophical approach you guys are kind of taking there with it. Um, but I, I don't know, make it kind of uh, a little more basic, uh, more simple. Uh, think of what the Borg are in Star Trek. Um, they find a new species and they just uh, take that distinctiveness and they adapt it to what they are. Um, so in a way making a human reaper is going to make the reapers themselves stronger by taking what makes humans unique but it's not in a sort of way of like show of respect or anything it's just because it's something new for them and they're going to utilize it assimilation
2: and annotation sure
1: yeah. uh, i think that that's that's the way i would imagine it but you guys could definitely be onto something who knows
2: no i mean that seems to be the occam's razor there is that There's just something useful in humanity that the Reapers could use in later cycles. I mean, could you imagine a human fucking Reaper, the persistence that thing would have? It would never fucking die.
0: If it's in its shepherd's shepherd's image as well,
2: it would it would be the most terrifying thing any cycle has ever seen, and it would just be running around whatever into the next beating planet the is, hell out of journalists, <laughs> beating and the hell biotic out of charging up from mass <laughs> relay into planets. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be an unstoppable force, and uh, yeah, I, the reapers the reapers want one they're like yeah Shep- that shepherd thing is cool let's get one
0: i need to get me one of those
2: <laughs> <laughs> sovereign calls his friends he's like you guys gotta meet this dude he is wild
0: he's no rudimentary creature <laughs>
2: which uh, interesting enough
0: to that point um isn't that kind of what the uh we're just gonna keep calling the star child right we're gonna keep calling on that right um the star child kind of says, you know, you are you are obviously something special without going into details He's the catalyst.
2: The, why are the catalyst? Yeah.
0: Everyone's called them the star child, you know, was not sure. So as the catalyst says in its form, um obviously you are something special, obviously you you are I don't want to say god amongst men, but you obviously are something. And that's why they want to use if you guys were lame enough to choose that ending, the synthesis um ending that's why they want to use his dna right it's not mm-hmm. just oh cool you guys are great go find me some guy in new jersey and um we're just gonna use his dna no it's like hey your top dog we are going to fast track evolution of all synthetics and organics using your dna as the model of what we of of what should be so the the, the van the vanguard of your future instead of destruction um if you will so I don't know. It's it, it, Shepard himself definitely serves an interesting role in that. It's just more than just another guy. So maybe, maybe that, maybe that is something. Maybe the Reapers obviously have an obsession with him. He obviously got their attention. He obviously got their attention with the collectors and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were trying, they were literally trying to buy his dead body, right? They were, yeah. they were working with uh, slavers and traders trying to buy his dead body. So something's up right there. And, obviously they want you know the catalyst seem fit that yes put this guy's DNA in all living things right now if you chose that ending that is please don't choose that ending
2: don't choose that ending it's a dumb ending
1: so which <laughs> one's the perfect ending
0: <laughs> funny funny you ask that uh, either destroy with um, forces over 4000 so you get the uh, shepherd survives um, ending or shooting the catalyst
1: do you say you, the Shepherd Survives ending, the the one where you just hear like the quick intake of breath?
0: You don't just
2: hear it, you see it.
0: Yeah, you watch his uh oh, yeah. watch his chest go up. Yep. Yeah. So um, I I like that. That ending. I mean that is the canon ending. Um but at the same time I, I will argue that also shooting the uh shooting the catalyst, letting the cycle go on. It's okay, not to say the cycle the cycle special again. Um but mean you know, we kinda of, I mean you're talking about the catalyst. Says, okay, maybe maybe in the inevitable um, synthetic rising won't actually happen, and you guys won't have that issue like everyone else has. Maybe, right? Is it a risk you're willing to take? Do you really want to live with those cancerous cells inside you, knowing that they are going to wage war end the cycle, or I'm sorry, end the cycle and move on to preserve life? Is a fair is a fair ending? I honestly think letting the cycle go to another one, or sorry, ending this cycle and letting another one go is an acceptable one in my eyes. It's not a happy ending. But you preserve life the reapers are not bad they have a reason why they're doing or they're doing what they're doing they're preserving life so i'd say that's a good one but the, the best or the perfect ending i would so say is you can't canon. say that
1: they're not bad when they say lines like i am the harbinger of your doom
0: <laughs> they enjoy <laughs> doing, the doing a good thing that's a good, that's a good person that's just a good guy who's really passionate about doing a good thing <laughs> so you know so you know he's intrinsically good.
1: He's a public servant when it comes down to it. I do
2: want to say that the next cycle would most likely have the yog as the dominant race and I don't think that's anything anyone wants. So I would argue against letting in under all normal circumstances I would say oh yeah 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 I could see how every cycle life gets a little bit better and and if if humans are are the culmination so far, maybe there's something even better coming. But the Yog are fucking evil bitches. And uh, I don't know if that's that's something the next cycle really wants or needs. Well, it's funny you have that perspective,
0: Javik. So, you know, as he kind of says, humans are living in caves. The Salarians are eating flies. Right. Talks with Anna, right? So everyone's going to look down on the previous cycle because there are in their infancy. I mean, you can't judge a, someone on their life just based off them being a baby.
2: That's fair, but we've seen what they're capable of when elevated, and they're it's still in their infancy. Scary.
0: They're still in their infancy, and one of them became one of the most powerful beings in all of the galaxy.
2: It through domination, though.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. They're pretty resilient. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Fair enough. I guess, I guess if they did that in their infancy, if we didn't wipe the Reapers out, maybe they would have.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now uh, the Yog will never go anywhere. Uh, under the domination of the Citadel Alliance. Uh,
1: so we explored a few of these uh, endings here. Did we? We didn't cover all of them, did we? No. Still yeah. have control. Control. Okay. So next up is control, and this is where you end up controlling all the Reapers. Is that correct?
0: Um. Yes and debatable. No. Uh, they could be controlling you. You don't know. That's that's um... kind of the role of it. So that's why it doesn't get explored or anything beyond there. That's why you don't really go anywhere beyond it. Like as far as uh, anything's been touched on it. That's why it destroys cannon. And if they would go beyond that, they would let you think you're controlling them in the same way Saren did. And eventually you'd realize, oh, yeah, they're they're holding my strings. Okay. Yeah, you you kind of had a good point on that, kind of with um. What
2: does Legion say about, about that? Just kind well, of for That it. was specifically about synthesis, as to why, like the, the elusive man and Saren both make very good arguments for why control is not a good option. And Legion and the Geth actually make a really strong argument for why synthesis is not a good option either. And in fact, the Catalyst contributes to that argument as well, um in in his in its discussion of synthesis. Because, uh, the, first of all, it's it's worth noting the catalyst mentions that synthesis is inevitable in life. It is it, in all, in the evolution of organic life. It is inevitable that we will transcend. That's where transhumanism comes in and stuff like that, uh, where we will transcend our own organic bodies and have a synthesis with a synthetic life. Um, but Legion. Hmm?
0: what does he know though right he's been wrong about cycles and sure, things like that so. sure
2: sure i mean it, it has been wrong before but i think the point is that i i think i think that's such a broad point that like it, of course it's inevitable like i think that's a fair assumption but the point is we'll get there one day on our own the geth specifically legion but that it, legion is the geth it speaks for the geth uh not after the Reaper Code. Not after the Reaper Code, but I'm talking about beforehand, when it's talking about the heretics and uh, the heretics accepting of of Reaper offerings. Uh, specifically, the Reapers offer to uh, assimilate them into, offer to assimilate the get into the Reapers uh, and transcend their, their final evolutionary uh, hurdle, which is a full collective among a higher intelligent being. And Legion says it's that's what the geth want. We want that. That's that's the perfect ending to our evolutionary cycle. But we aren't just going to be given it because if we're just given it, we are weaker for the cause. We need to actually get there ourselves. We need to find the path ourselves. And Legion ends up finding that path. uh, And that's so it gives it gives all of the geth. individual personalities with the reaper code but even then that's not the final evolutionary step for the geth the geth don't they now they want to take all of those individual personalities and put them back together that would be the final path for the geth that's what they'd really want
0: the team of the Geth,
2: yeah i but they uh but the point is legion legion makes that argument is that you can't just be handed that gift which is why i think synthesis is probably the worst option you could choose control being a close third
0: An interesting point to that, though, is remember, so once they all break off of the, quote unquote, geth hive mind or whatever you want to call the geth network, um, they're obviously going to have differences in opinions, differences of value. Before the geth was just, quote unquote, we'll just say one guy, right? Legion. Mm -hmm. That was just one mind. Now they're going to have millions, however many more minds. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that are some people, some geth that are going to be like, nah, man, autonomy is the way to go. We don't need to break sure. off and then come back. Sure, there'll be all these individual experiences and whatnot that they'd all be able to talk about, but they also experience them as a hive mind. Sure. It, it it could just be just autonomy is the uh, is the telos that they will learn, right? There's 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 no well we will
2: we'll never know. That's the that's the sad part, right? Well, there's a, my boy Legion. I and I'm I'm by no means capable of saying the speaking about this theory to great detail because I'm not an expert but I, I'm aware of a certain scientific theory that the final pinnacle of human evolution is the uh, is the join is a joint consensus among all of us um, and not just a hive mind but a, a consensus with all of our different minds all as one as we join a higher intelligence. Um, that's kind of there's a theory that there's something like the Reapers that exists in the galaxy. That once you reach a certain level of uh of intelligence, it will be willing to accept you into its higher intelligence, and so it sucks you up, it wipes out of the organic life, keeps the technological, keeps the discoveries per se, keeps who you are as a people, and you ascend to that. And it's it's a it's you know a highfalutin. Way out there. You learned, all,
0: you learned all that from that pamphlet they gave you.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're called they're called uh, the Xenus. Um, and those
0: are Star Seed cults, by the way.
2: <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah. It, it, that's that. You know, most of those cults are formed from. Scientific theories yeah. still. So they, it, I'm not saying that the person who came up with that is a real. It says it's a real thing, but it's an interesting concept of the idea that that is the final stage of human evolution. It's fun to It's fun for that to come up in various sci-fi forms because this isn't the first or the last.
1: I always so, thought the final stage would just becoming pure energy.
2: I mean, that's basically what you are at the end of the day. When you join that higher intelligence, you just become pure energy. You become information for
0: the for the geth network
2: for the, for the geth network yeah the geth work
1: so, all right the um, geth work.
0: well hold on I do want to say so on the control aspect of that um, did, did anyone choose control has anyone done a control playthrough
2: I did and uh, in the, my first playthrough
1: no I didn't I fucking destroyed that shit my first playthrough
0: yeah de- definitely and I, I think that's one of the things though um, that, that they always kind of say right they're always going to present you with an opportunity that you feel like you can control them, right? That was elusive man's whole point where he was saying, Shepard, we need you. We can control them. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And he had no idea he was indoctrinated, right? Um, Benezia had no idea she was indoctrinated. Um, Saren, I mean, he literally finally breaks his indoctrination just for a short time, enough for him to kill himself depending on what dialogue you got you guys all got that dialogue option right on the on the first one the citadel you don't Mm -hmm. have to fight him he just shoots himself but the conversation you have with him on vermeyer is the first half and the second half is about you know he's kind of saying yeah you think you're controlling them you think you're controlling where that where that's going but it's not at all and i feel like control is just another one of those i feel like it's just another reaper layup oh you guys got everything
2: all together for us this is easy yeah yeah control
0: is sure but in reality you're not
2: yeah i uh I definitely I'm just going to say really quick when I chose control the first time I must have been on something I remember I finished the game at like 4 a.m. so on my first playthrough so I probably was not paying full attention but uh the catalyst I remember the the biggest reason I picked it is because there was mentioning of destroying the mass relays and I thought That's out of control. Everyone who just came to fight for Earth will be cut off from their homes for the rest of their lives. Like, I can't do that. And I totally missed the part where the Catalyst says, yeah, they'll be destroyed, but they'll be able to repair them. And I don't know if that was an extended cut add-on or what, but I didn't notice it the first time. So, of course, with that knowledge, with the knowledge that the mass relays are going to be destroyed, but they can be repaired, destroy is the obvious option. And, of course, it sucks that the Geth and Edie are sacrificed in that moment. And it's not really a, it's murder because they didn't make the decision to sacrifice themselves.
1: But um, well, it's not, not murder when your leader, a leader, they, you know, has I to guess. make those calls sometimes. That's sure. not murder. That's yeah, casualties
0: of war, right? You got you got to blow up that mass relay. Sorry, Batarians. You know, sometimes you got <laughs> that to make was the best, murder
1: right? too. So, if you
0: didn't, the Reapers would have been there faster, and they weren't prepared. <laughs> but it's still it was, murder. It's not murder. It, there was homicide and murder, by the way, and this wasn't this was neither. But um, not gonna all that. But it genocide. Was, uh, but it was justified. Justified genocide. Sure. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but those th- honestly, if they didn't, the Reapers would have invaded. They would have moved right in before anyone was I prepared.
2: Hear you. But it doesn't not make. And they it would have it died genocide. either way. Just because there was a good point to it doesn't doesn't mean it wasn't genocide. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Like you had Shepard has to live with the fact that he committed genocide on three hundred thousand Batarians. Like that's what it... He didn't have 100,000, I think. It was like 300-something, <laughs> so it was probably nearly 400. And he has to. He had to live with the fact in the final moments that he was committing genocide on the Geth and killing his pilot's girlfriend.
1: Well, I mean, he... It should... Never mind. Okay, Um. <laughs> so uh, thank you, guys. That handles control. Uh, so we're going to go to this, uh, this next option the here. Train. This is number four. Uh, this is just straight-up shooting... Uh, what would you call it? The Star Child.
0: <laughs> That's, yeah. I I always people call that. It's 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 just a catalyst, though.
1: The, yeah. Which, so you just shoot the catalyst. Uh, and what what is, what does this ending give you when you shoot the catalyst? So
0: what it does. Um, first of all, something interesting about him. People always talk about with Shepard indoctrinated. Why did he look like that? Leviathan at this is pretty cool because you kind of have some things that are imprinted in your brain from your encounter from quote unquote breaching the darkness. So that's that's a cool explanation on why he looks like that same kid you've seen on earth that you're having nightmares about. And that, that kind of helps. Furthermore, punting the idea of Shepard was indoctrinated. But shooting that child and just ensures the cycle happens. I think um I think when you shoot him, you shoot him just like one time. Yeah. And it just immediately just goes, uh, so be it, or something in like Sovereign or Harbinger's Royce or whoever it is. And the cycle continues. The Catalyst um, does not do what it needs to do. Which... The fleets are wiped out and the the bodies are buried. Now what's interesting is after that there's actually a very different cutscene. Um, it shows the little star box, whatever it's called, that uh, Liara made to um, preserve this cycle's history and everything. And it shows one of them on a planet going off with an underground bunker and her kind of talking as a kind of corrupted like looking uh, VI. So it's it's really interesting, um, and not just that though. You guys remember the stargazer at the very end, voiced by Buzz Aldrin? Yeah. Um, that's actually a female instead, and it doesn't really kind of go hand in. Hand. In my opinion, it's flawed because um, I think it's. A, I think they still say that they stopped the reapers or something like that in their cycle. So if it was gonna happen anyways, why did why why did that need to happen? Everything you did was pointless and unjustified. So shooting the child would be a good ending if they got rid of the stargazer um, dialogue at the very end of it. Just let it keep going. Let them preserve life. That's, in my opinion, I think those are the only two options you have: is destroy the reapers or let it continue. Letting All right, it a and fair then one.
1: there is the lesser, slightly lesser known fifth option of the ending. Bar shields. Uh, which is Marauder Shields, yes. If you guys didn't know about Marauder Shields, uh, the way that the ending works is as soon as Marauder Shields shows up uh, at the end, or, the, you know, the whole ending mission, you just turn off your uh, Xbox, turn off your PlayStation, shut on your PC. That's the ending. That's You got the ending. You
0: died. That was it. <laughs> Marauder Shields kills you, which I'm assuming means the cycle, cycle continues, continues, right? So for those... You guys that don't know what why why he's called Marauder Shields, um, if you guys haven't played the game, um, first of all, why? Second of all, whenever you aim at an enemy, it kind of shows, it says, you know, what you're aiming at, it'll say Marauder, which is an enemy type, and it, instead of saying health, it'll say shields if you have shields, so people call him Mr. Shields or Marauder Shields is his name, and they just say, yeah, he just kills you, and that's... It's, he's,
2: yeah. the, he's the final boss of the game. That's why he got a name, is because he's the final boss. Or is
1: he the hero that dies? a real hero that dies okay so
2: (laughs) what did you just send me what did you just send me oh no i'm gonna make this the episode art
1: good i was hoping you would do something with mirada shields okay i
2: I, I gotta go (laughs) so
0: um
1: so yeah those those are basically you know we talked about the endings of the trilogy there we kind of uh talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth this time around, kind of look at each individual one. Uh, It's definitely up to preference, definitely up to everybody's gameplay was different. You know, they they promised a thousand different endings or whatever back in the day, but we definitely didn't get that. We basically had four endings. Um,
0: Three initially.
1: Yeah, three initially, and then they gave us a fourth one uh, after a lot really, of people complained which by the way uh, I'm sorry
0: I think you would only get synthesis if you have your galactic readiness up to a certain point as well well that's terrible I, yeah, but, uh, so, it, was, it was something really weird
1: before we kind of go into uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the future of the franchise and maybe where we think it could go I, I, I love speculating sometime, sometimes a lot of times I don't because um, you just get your hopes up and then you're disappointed uh, however I do want to actually talk a little bit about that and kind of the outrage that happened during Mass Effect 3. Um, Yes, it's happened before, but to such a level that it happened where petitions were going, fans were, you know, sending death threats to developers. Well, that's kind of always been a thing. But just all this shit because people were so disappointed. (laughs) People were so disappointed with uh, the ending, which for me... Initially, I was like, well, that's it. That's the culmination of this entire trilogy that I've been obsessed with for the last eight years. Uh, I was a little disappointed, but I did not think that Bioware owed me anything. Right. Uh, But for a lot of people, they felt that Bioware owed them something. So kind of just, and that's actually really changed the industry since then. Uh, the, The amount of power and control that fans have just besides their dollar, which that's what it always was, is you don't like it, you don't buy it. You don't like it. You don't buy the next thing they put out. But You hear him, Disney? Huh? <laughs> but fans actually take control and ha- are involved in the process of creating a video game just by their dissent and their petitions. And man, could you fucking imagine if gamers actually tried to change the world instead of just <laughs> bitching about video games? Holy shit. Anyways, um, so I just, what do you guys think about that? Uh, kind of get more into the industry side here for a little bit. but
2: I look. I don't want to get into it much at all, really, because I have vastly more interesting things to talk about, uh, and gamers' opinions are not uh, even close to high on that list. Um, personally, I, did, I, I really did not like the end of the first game, the first time I played through. Uh, Kyle here talked me through it during a therapy session um indoctrinated him and forced him to enjoy it he,
1: did. he drank coffee understand. around the clock got it
2: yep um i i was a big fan of indoctrination theory i still am a fan of indoctrination theory i'm not like uh i'm not like a q QAnon indoctrination theorist at this point but i i it's still a fun idea to think about um definitely not the intention and it's there's enough evidence to disprove it at this point um but it's still a fun idea I, I'm i still not a fan of the ending even you know playing through it I finished it last night and I was like oh I I still don't like this and it's you know I but I, I get what you're saying where it's like I'm not I'm not gonna write Bioware now and be like hey this this legendary edition thing sucks Further, first of all it doesn't suck I just played all three games within the span of like a month and a half and even with an ending that I'm like eh it is still incredible. Mass Effect 2 is one of the best games I've ever played. And I don't know why I don't have that higher on my favorite games list because it's so fucking good. Every second of it. I love Mass Effect 2 and I loved I, I loved replaying it and love falling in love with it again. Um, but it's it's just like I I hate fans like that's really all it comes down to. I hate fandoms. We see this shit in Star Wars you know we see this shit in and Marvel and and DC. God forbid, like enough people threw a temper tantrum to get Zack Snyder work. Like that is a scary fucking thing. That that is we're, people are able to throw tantrums to get Zack Snyder work. That's horrifying. Uh, I think the answer is to just stop responding, no matter what is happening. They aren't answering with their wallets. They're they aren't answering. They're not, they're not. Just there's no threat by. of losing money. There's no threat of losing money. They're gonna keep buying the games. They're gonna keep going to see the movies. There's no threat of losing money. Period. All it is is a tantrum. I
0: I completely disagree. I think um, for instance, Star Wars. A lot of people I know personally that are just like, it's, I'm just kind of just withdrawn from it. Based oh really? On the last trilogy. I mean they they, like they don't was, watch the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was great, yeah. They they don't watch that, but um, really, the Mandalorian, yeah.
2: Fair enough. It's I'm saying I agree. Like they they need to watch it. The Mandalorian's great. No, no, no. But I'm saying like I have plenty of people I know who are like, oh, the Last Jedi was written by a fembot, blah blah blah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I'm like I'm like. So you're done watching Star Wars, huh? And They're like, yeah, I'm done watching Star Wars. I hate it. I hate seeing seeing a woman that can beat me up. And then I'm like, okay. I'm like, so how's the Mandalorian? And they go, oh, I love the Mandalorian. It's fantastic. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, so you're not going to stop watching. Well,
0: That's good do you, know. I mean, you don't think that and obviously we're going off of anecdotal based off people that we know are definitely avoiding Colin's question here, but what we thought yes. of the of fans, having this much say, but um, we, we actually won't get into it. Uh, but Colin, to your to your, uh, to your point there, I don't think anything changed. Actually, I don't think anything changed at all the extended ending extended it didn't change anything it just explained things that were already written there in the first place that people needed to get uh confirmation on almost um we already knew the mass relays were going to be rebuilt <coughs> we already know that you know no one's going to be stranded it take the flotilla can cross the galaxy in 27 years right so it's ultimately people are going to be able to travel people were dipping out of their left and right before the um the uh what's it called went off trying to blank on it now the crucible went off um you know people were dipping out left and right you know they they still have the ftl travel but the mass relay is faster than ftl i mean obviously ftl is faster than light right so but it's even faster than that um i i don't think it was necessary and i i know people are going to think i'm insane for saying that I don't think it was necessary at all. They didn't have to do that. Everything was already kind of there already. We already knew what, what was going to happen. We're saying, oh, well, what about the Normandy crew, right? They're going to be stranded on this planet. Uh, no, who's on that ship? Think about it, right? If, if you if you had everyone survive, those people are going to rebuild that ship very quickly. And I, I don't know. I thought it was really unnecessary, but it was still rewarding to see. I still enjoyed the extended cut. It's It's still really cool. And I really recommend people to obviously watch it.
2: I think that crash landing ending was the was the silliest shit and i i really really like it it's not even like the grand scheme of things i can have my opinion on whatever that's fine but uh i thought ending it with them walking out on the planet like oh gosh where are they it's like you said this was the end you said this was the end why would you end it on some weird non cliffhanger like this it's it was so bizarre so i actually was really happy with the extended cut and seeing them leave that stupid fucking planet you knew they were going anyways though of course but you know what are you trying are you trying to leave it open for another sequel just in case and it's all gonna be about <laughs> repairing the normandy and it's like shut up that's that's andromeda you're trying to repair the uh... Whatever the hell that you're thing trying is to restart the arc, you're not trying to repair it. You're trying to oh yeah, restart you're it. trying
1: to restart the the, the new we, Citadel. Yeah,
2: Andromeda is for our third and Mass Effect discussion down the line someday. <laughs> we won't talk any more about it today. Good. It'll be a solely Andromeda discussion.
3: I think. One of the things I'm always really interested in, in science fiction and really in anything, and I think it probably has a lot to do with my interests in college and everything else like that. Like from a sociological point of view, I love like the butthurt. I love analyzing that. And I think the reason that it was such a big kind of controversial issue was because this is really one of the first times in gaming, at least in the modern era where you saw that backlash and you saw that sense of entitlement. So I'm firmly in the camp where I don't think the fan entitlement should actually change the art form. I don't think that the fan entitlement should lead to, you know, a new ending being written or some petition that ultimately, you know, changes the canon or what like that's bullshit. But it is interesting to me to kind of like analyze the why's, you know. And and I I know like we can say like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, it doesn't matter. We have more important things to like discuss." And we do. But for me, I always find like that's the thing I'm reading about at 2 a.m., you know, just because I've always found that really interesting. And we've seen it with a lot of properties now. You know, Mass Effect, I think, was probably the first. But I think it was the beginning of kind of a larger issue, especially in bioware um, that as time kind of went on, uh, generally it seemed like they kind of lost track or lost sight of something in their storytelling and kind of just in the way they put games together in general i think mass effect you can play through as a saga as a story and regardless of whether or not it was satisfactory to us or we felt good about where it went or if that's what we would have done or whatever it is a story it has a beginning it has a middle it has an end it might not be the end that we wanted or whatever but um i just think it's it's interesting because after mass effect 3 that's really when you saw kind of that influx of that I don't know user user outrage or user um, th- just to the level I think that we've seen it now that user um, interaction where all of a sudden now gamers feel like they're or really in in any medium feel like they're entitled uh, as you know creators or that they have some say when really they don't but it's interesting to me just to examine the psychology of that and why that is and kind of what it it ultimately kind of leads to. Because now, are they creating their art or whatever the next iteration of this franchise is going to be based on the feedback they've received over the last decade? Or, the, you know, you can't really separate the two. You can try, but you, you can't. It doesn't exist in a vacuum.
2: Basically, gamers, you smelly.
0: <laughs> Definitely, you got to have uh, the balance of principles and profit. Integrity is what got you, uh, what got you in the spotlight in the first place with some original story maintain that right if people aren't going to like it people aren't going to like it but it's still your story to tell so if we all got the most basic watered down feel good movies i mean the mcu would be even bigger so i don't know it's i'm i'm okay with uh with, with exactly how it was I, I don't like i said extended cut didn't need to happen and i don't think it changed anything it just confirmed it i sure. I, think J- I mean D- jason definitely has a very good point on that
2: if, if you're that insecure about ending your series as a writer, you can do what, uh, you know, arguably one of the most successful writers of our time has done. Uh, you license out your story to a TV adaptation, let it finish before you finish your series, <laughs> and then when you see people don't like the ending, Find you can just right change not do. it. <laughs> you can just change it. That's the best thing to do. Talking about Fraser, yeah, I'm talking about (laughs) Fraser, and I can't fucking wait for that last book. Oh my god, (laughs) we we, we beta Uh, tested an ending essentially. (laughs) Um, I I'm sensing Colin wants to wrap up. No, no, I don't want to wrap up yet because I
1: do want to take a few more moments while we're kind of still in this little pocket here. Um, where do you think this franchise is actually going to go from here? uh I think they tested the waters with Andromeda. Uh, we reached another point where there's just a lot of uh, negative feedback to a video game. Um, largely, it was due to you know non-story based things. But I think Bioware, especially after having a couple other failures, is kind of kind of backtrack and step into something familiar, something that they know could hopefully be profitable and critically successful. Um, that that's what I think they're going to do. So, what do you think for the Mass Effect franchise specifically? Uh, what what's next? What do, you, what do you think is well, going to happen? I think,
0: unfortunately, because of all of this, they're gonna they're they've seen failures. Right? We're not going to have to talk about Anthem. Um, <laughs> no, they they've seen these failures, and they're gonna say, all right, well, let's just go back to what works. Right? It looks like they're gonna be a one trick pony. I don't want any more of the um, Shepherd saga. Personally, I think everything's already been done with it. Just let them let them stay dead this time. Even though he's not dead, I don't know, but. Um, I don't know, seeing Liera uh looking for him and all that stuff. Um, it's it's cool, right? It's cool, but honestly, it would have been better off as like a book or or maybe a I don't even I don't want to say a movie, but just hurry up, conclude that, and let's move on. Because you have a major, just huge universe rich in lore, so many species, there's so much material there to write, so many other stories. We don't need to keep focusing on just this one that already had a major conclusion. The mass effect was the discovery of the Prothean ruins on Mars, right? Well, the post effect, we'll call it, I don't know, something um, is, is, the, is everything that happened after the end of the last cycle, right? Let's, let's see what happens in that world. Let's see what happens about a rogue terrorist group that takes Reaper technology and starts doing God knows what, Corian uh, supremacy. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much stuff that, that could be done. Use
2: that Korean you, supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: don't know. sneaking right there. <laughs> but anyways, um, just just something could something could be done. There's so much stuff there. You don't need to keep beating this dead horse. It just let the let the shepherd saga end. I don't I don't know what they want to do with it. But you could literally launch this. This story takes place a hundred years later. Okay, whether Shepard lived or died is irrelevant because he's not alive now. Maybe Liara is probably is because she's she's really young. She's only a hundred years old, and she lives to like nine hundred or something like that. Yeah. Um. And let's let's get a brand new story. Let's get brand new characters. Let's get all of this stuff. But obviously, that's what Andromeda was, and it was a pretty big swing and a miss. But I feel like if they have the right writers, they can do this and they can get it done right.
2: All right. I got a lot. No. First of all, first of all, does Liara say that in the in that trailer? I haven't watched the trailer in a while because it scares me. Does she say she's looking for something or someone? Like, she's she looking for Shepherd? Is that what she's... Because she, she says something, right?
0: And she's not sitting in silence. She's, I think she says something about looking for someone. Or maybe,
2: maybe there's just, I think there might just be a voiceover and then it sees her face. They
0: start playing sound bites yeah. from everything and it's kind of explaining the story so, of what's going on. here's where I'm at. what happened.
2: They aren't going to abandon the Shepherd. That's the way we all see it at this point. I think that is an obvious fucking thing that's going to happen um first of all i want to see i want to see bioware actually use all of their development time to make a game i think that's really like the most i want to see uh if they have five years to develop the game i'd like to see what a game would look like using all five years of development and not just the final year where before it's due that's the anything else i don't give a shit number one number two uh, obviously, since Liara's is around, uh, they are implying this will be some sort of sequel to the trilogy, one way or another. I, I said this to Kyle earlier, I still stand by it. What would be probably fairly interesting is having a Shepherd's Child. Uh, which would mean that you're not playing a human, starting out, you're playing an Asari. You can choose what the Asari looks like, but... Implying
0: We're, the uh, canon romance would be Liara, which has been heavily
2: hinted. The canon romance is Liara, and it, it absolutely
1: is. They, they didn't make Ashley racist for a reason. They be, made her fur- racist, so you didn't choose her.
2: And furthermore, you—if you don't romance—if you don't romance Tali, Tali and Garrus get together, which is, of course, the canon fucking romance. Did you eat the same food, so you could, you could bang that suit rat. Exactly. Whoa, <laughs> we don't use that term here um and then so and then you can you can make your own character bioware gets some social justice points because obviously you can only have a female asari so you're going to have a female character no matter what um but then you can kind of choose is she a more masculine asari is she a more feminine asari you get all those sorts of those things they're going to get points for it it'll be great okay and then it can be about really whatever you want, but I, I could see it being something like a young, untrained, kind of new to this galaxy, Asari, uh, going out maybe searching for her mom, who is obsessed with the idea that Shepard maybe survived that uh, that experience and is somewhere out there and is like afraid to contact. And what this is now, I'm writing this all right now in my head, is it's not a story about Shepard being alive, it is the story of a grief of a family in the wake of a traumatic event. And now you're getting a really powerful personal story about a a child who does not have her father, she's never met him, and a mother who is never there because she is living with this I, memory I, of her father. I'm sorry,
1: is Bioware crossing over with Quantic Dream? Because I absolutely would love that. <laughs>
2: What, what's oh well i mean you know whatever well, you know lord they could it, you know you you could just tell tell intriguing and uh more personal stories you know like i don't we don't need another galaxy ending story no matter what it is even andromeda is not about andromeda ending it's about you know, removing a tyrannical force who's kind of taking control of the right. galaxy, but the galaxy is not in danger of being wiped out. There's no extinction agenda that's going on. It is, you know, Andromeda is about finding a place for for the for the people from the Milky Way, but also about helping liberate a a, a species that has been uh, dominated and oppressed for the past forever, forever since they kind of came into being. It's basically Andromeda's big story is basically what if the Asari decided, you know what, we aren't going to work with others. So, you know, like, uh, um, and that's that's fine. But also, I don't want them to. So I said I have a lot and I'm sorry, and I'm almost done. I don't want them to abandon Andromeda. I really, really, really don't. You can have two Mass Effect games. You can still placate the Shepard. You could. You could even do more than that. You could do books. And, yeah,
0: and, they could have Liara climbing and looking for him the whole time and then finds him on a mountain he hand, and he's, like, he's holding out his lightsaber. can not holding <laughs> out a lightsaber or whatever. Yeah. You can do whatever what you want. Stuff?
2: Um, Whatever. Uh, You can do whatever you want. But the simple fact of the matter is is that the Andromeda storyline isn't wrapped. And for them to not finish it And we'll get more into this down the line, because there will be an Andromeda podcast episode. And one about Tally's sweat. (laughs) I hope you guys know the story about that. Tally's sweat?
0: We're not going to talk on the podcast, but those of you guys that don't know, just look up Tally's sweat.
2: Is this going to lead them to something bad? Is this
0: going to be mode before you weird, he, Some weird
1: hentai shit. I don't. <laughs>
0: you guys don't know about the people that actually found out what her sweat would smell like. <laughs> okay, oh move it move no more that. No no.
1: All right. No God, we're moving <laughs> on. <All right>. Um <laughs>
3: These are so, the people
2: they listen to, by the way, for an for an ending change. Wait, though, right? let me just finish. The quarry. Speaking of of Tally Sweat, the quarry and the quarry and arc is still unaccounted for by the end of Andromeda. So whether that gets tied into the new game, or which it wouldn't, because Andromeda takes place hundreds of years later, or it, uh, which I guess it could, if we wanted to go with the Shepard Asari story, but uh, even still, the quarry and arc is unaccounted for and i get andromeda wasn't perfect but it's still a slap in the face for everyone who was like "Eh, that's not bad like it's it's a slap in the fucking face because and it just shows like the insecurity of that fucking studio so it's time for bioware to step up and either include that in their next game or make two games and that's that
0: Make I a game about a Corian that's like all right. that was out on his pilgrimage. <laughs> nope, and he needs to
3: Don't. find the fleet.
2: No, I'm
0: just
3: saying. Okay, you're, you're telling me you want fleet. to be about that.
2: No, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Needs there to find go. the
3: fleet. Done. So right. here's here's my thought. Um, I think everything you guys just said was absolutely phenomenal. But I think there's a few things that kind of have me worried going into this next era for BioWare. So the last decade has been pretty rough in general for them. And although I hope that they can, as Ben said, use a development cycle to actually develop a game and not hope that, you know, any last minute bullshit magic comes into play, which we know is not the way it never was the way. And it certainly is not the way now. Um, the biggest thing that kind of has me a little bit worried is actually some of the recent, uh, kind of news and speculation that's come out about the dead space franchise. And that's that instead of trying to do a continuation of the story that's already kind of been established and do kind of a course correction, they're just going to reboot it. And I certainly hope that's not the case and that's not what's going to happen, but I'm kind of worried that when we get. A next Mass Effect, and we know it's coming. It's going to be safe. They're going to play it safe because, as I think was said before, I forget if it was Colin the editor, Kyle, or Ben, or everyone. I think they have to really do a, a pretty firm course correction. And I don't know if the next game is going to be the one that really kind of expands and like extrapolates on all these things we want to see and all the things they could do with such a rich universe that they've kind of developed. But I think if they can make a safe game that kind of reestablishes the roots of the, the series, then maybe from there we will get Andromeda 2 and we will get some of these stories that I think they're capable of. I just hope that EA gives them kind of the leeway to do it. And I hope that they kind of have the wherewithal now after seeing what's happened in the industry with like the cyberpunks and some of these other failures that weren't necessarily Bioware failures, but maybe just industry failures that, um, you know, we'll kind of see that return to, I don't know, creativity, uh, a return to, you know, kind of taking the flag and running with it and having some vision and not making these games based on, you know a boardroom meeting and kind of making them more as creative kind of endeavors or um like i said vision really i think that's what a lot of these games these triple a games are lacking so i hope we can kind of return to that with bioware
1: all right um i'm always like cautiously optimistic um when it comes to my favorite franchises i just I'm going to give them a chance, or at least watch a little bit of a let's play to determine if it's actually worth buying. Uh, just kidding, I don't do that. Um, uh, I have no idea what they're going to do with the Mass Effect franchise. I think, personally, an anthology series would be really cool, where you're not focused on any one character. You're kind of bouncing around. During the rebuilding phase, you're checking out how the Turians are doing. You're checking out how the Asari are doing. Like. Sure. I think that'd be kind of cool. Maybe at some point they all come together for some bullshit that happened. Who knows? But uh, I think that would be uh, kind of cool. Um, yeah. Oh. I mean. I, I just wanted to mention that
2: my, my, I forgot to mention that my true dream of a Mass Effect game, though, is like a Mass Effect origin game like Dragon Age Origin but Mass Effect Origin where you get to choose your race and your opening six hour prologue is different and the rest of your gameplay has like an intertwine based on how you played the first beginning I think that'd be awesome but I know it's never going to happen no, so I not, just want to
1: kind a million it. years well alright boys I think that's going to conclude our second
2: uh... oh wait wait. okay I'm going to Academy Award this because I know you're never going to let me to have another podcast about Mass Effect again unless it's about Andromeda so, I'm gonna academy word this. Kyle, you said Leviathan this is the greatest DLC of all time uh of Mass Effect. I disagree. It is the Citadel DLC, which is the greatest. Uh I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but uh it reminds me of the Star Trek movies, since I'm I'm BFS with Colin, like, and I've seen them uh, you know, uh what's the word? Uh tangentially i guess um but you know they i've seen them when they're around and uh it's basically like this weird star trek movie placed within the tv series of mass effect where it has nothing to do with the story at all and it has this fucking wild storyline that involves uh, a clone a clone shepherd <laughs> which i think is just the craziest fucking thing And I just, like, everything from the beginning to the end of that DLC feels like its own standalone movie leading up to the climactic battle, which was one of the best fights in the entire game. Like, if they they were like, if the game ended there and was like, yeah, fuck the Reapers, this is how the game ends, I'd be totally okay with it. It's seriously one of the greatest... Just pieces of, 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 it's not greatest. It was the most fun piece of sci-fi I've had in a while. It was very, very fun. It's definitely candy for fans.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. And you know me, I like hating on it because I'm pretentious. I'll agree. It is fantastic. It is amazing. It's very funny. Very funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Which is odd coming from something like, you know, Mass Effect definitely has its funny points, right? Um, But the whole thing is lighthearted, but still done in such a great way. But I, I still think Leviathan a uh, Leviathan a just Leviathan DLC, just because it is like a nor- it's like a space noir type of thing. It's just this conspiracy theory about this giant cryptid. You're chasing this this conspiracy that everything is being buried around, and it's harder to find things when you're on that mining colony, and everyone's just saying you should not be here with that weird voice and everything. You're just like, dude this this is really strange. You keep going back to Doctor. Just the B. I can't remember what it is. Bryson's Bryson. you going back to Doctor Bryson's lab. Keep finding everything, piecing everything together. It's just a lot of investigation, and it's it was really fun. I, I still like that one a little bit more because it's in a serious tone, but I probably had more fun with um with the Citadel DLC. I mean, everything from when everyone's locked in the container at the end, and they're making fun of you know Shepard walking away from people. Like it's <laughs> it's it's amazing. I it's, should it's I treat. should
2: go. Do I really sound like that? <laughs> I, someone would tell me if I sound like that, right? I'm more of a We'll talk later. <laughs> it's like if, if you're out there and you haven't played the Citadel DLC and you're like, you're like, oh, well, they spoiled it for me or something like that. We didn't. Uh, it's it's really fucking fun. Do and not play
0: it until you get um, priority earth. It needs it
2: needs to be the last thing you do. It's think of it. Think, of, think of it as the Normandy gets dry docked for maintenance before making the final assault on Cerberus and you're good to go from there and it's was it, priority horizon i think or, or whatever yeah you want to do it after priority horizon because you get miranda then
0: so yep you throw a huge party that's,
2: yeah at the end of it you throw a huge fucking party like and every single crashed. person
0: you've dealt with like it's been a companion that's still alive and a lot of other people you've dealt with are, are in there and you have really cool interesting dialogues with them oh it's great um, thane's funeral is in there and it's that, that's that's one of the things that isn't light heart you're like
2: man this is heavy Gaines Memorial. You get to get to go on a date with your your love interest, whoever it is. It's it's fun. Uh, Do 100 150 push up or uh, pull ups or 182, what? and I did every single Same. one of those pull ups. I beat that cocky little ass. I love Vega though. If they wanted to make the next game Vega, I'd be okay. with
0: that. Did, did you end up? I know during the last um, when we talked afterwards, did you end up watching the um, the anime where Vega is? I've the... seen
2: it a long yeah. time ago, but I, I haven't watched it recently. No. Okay. And that's all. Thank you, Colin, for indulging us. I just wanted to share
1: it because it's—you <laughs> yeah, it's know, we, we,
2: we, we crossed across upon Leviathan. And while we didn't like get in-depth in Leviathan, we talked about its main themes. And there's really not a lot to talk about with Citadel. It just is what it is. It's entirely face value. But it's it's just so much fun. And it's a welcome breath of fresh air when things get so dark and serious
1: it's all good and honestly i think that just speaks to how much you know you guys truly love this fucking game is you're sitting there talking so in depth about the dlc and how much you enjoy <laughs> it which honestly is fantastic and i can't wait to finish my latest playthrough to finally do all this dlc because i never bought them when it initially came out i was just kind of like all right i'm done with mass effect for a while um Same. but yeah folks that's that's gonna be it that is our uh Uh, our final thoughts on this mass effect trilogy uh slash franchise ben yes i will give you an andromeda uh episode we can do that
2: down the line down
1: the line i just uh, you know i'm gonna have to finally muscle my way through that game uh and finish it kyle uh you're gonna have to do the same do the playthrough and then we we could all get back together for that uh jason did you finish
3: like uh, two hours left. So, okay. Yeah. You want to <laughs> finish Go back up? and try to le- relearn how to play it and everything. Yeah. Well, it's, we it's, can take it's, our it's like time. riding
2: a bike, really. We could take our time. Like I said last time, like, seriously, it's like release all of your expectations of all of your feelings about the trilogy and just settle down for a mass effect anthology story you said you want anthology stories take it and if you could play it on pc with mods even better because there are a lot of really good mods that clean up some of the mistakes that bioware threw in there in the last year but uh it's still well written one way or another i think it is well written it's boring but it's well written it's heavily um exploration themed which i liked about it
0: yeah.
1: yeah i uh it's... i've been doing a lot of research on imperialism so i'm definitely going to have those lenses on when i play the game next it's gonna be there wild there you go uh, there you go all right folks uh, um yeah i guess i'm what are we doing next week i think we're getting we're getting sloppy next week, next week right we're gonna do next some week we are uh,
2: doing go ahead you can, you can say it
1: oh man we're gonna be doing uh where the fuck is it oh yeah the tomorrow have war oh.
2: The new Amazon Prime film starring Chris Pratt. And I found out, guess who's in it? I had no idea. Yvonne Strahovski. Speak of the
1: devil. Yeah, she's like the second build uh, actor on that. Um, So at least there's that. Yeah, so I'm just going to go into that with uh, complete expectations for it to just be a uh, garbage gunfight explosion movie. And I'm hoping that's what it is, but uh, we'll find out. All right uh so yeah you guys have a week to watch that those of you listening at home you got a week to watch that so we're not spoiling anything uh the week after that we are going to be doing hunter prey so kyle uh, not that you're a regular on this or anything but uh if you'd like to come back for that one we'd love to have you just because you're the reason i watch that so
0: Definitely. Best movie made with a $30 budget. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh,
1: God. What are you getting us into?
0: It's that's wild, like but what Colin ben, said I think you're going to enjoy like, it.
1: you got to watch it. I think okay. you're going right. to really enjoy it. All right, folks. <laughs> that's going to be it for today. Uh, I guess I'm going to say until next time.